Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Um, I met Pastor Eric in um, South Africa. We did a conference there, and uh, a prophetic conference, so I met him there. He was one of the speakers on this conference, and I was just really moved by the, by the word that he ministered, and, um, and that's how the relationship started, and I asked him, you know, I would really like to spend time with him. So the purpose of this trip was actually to try to just spend a day or two with him, but, it, but uh, if, if I could reach him, um, we could have arranged that. But um, maybe in the future, we'll see how things go. I would like, love to come back, and I just said to him today, just spend a couple of days with him. Um, I am definitely going to listen to those podcasts, and um, just, uh, you know, if I'm on a, on a plane at the airport, always just pop those podcasts in and listen to those things. He really has a revelation on when it comes to righteousness and on the grace of God and so on. So I would encourage you to listen to it as well. There's so many things happening at the world or in the world this moment, and we need really God to lead us and to help us, to give us advice in, in what we need to do as Christians and, and what direction we need to move. Therefore, we need people that can really train, equip, and strengthen us. Um, I uh, minister in the prophetic, and I'm part of the fivefold ministry. The purpose of the fivefold ministry is to build, comfort, and encourage, but to be part of a bigger movement called the kingdom of God. So I try to explain. People have different understandings about the prophetic, but I am not here to come and, and give direction to this church or any ministries. I'm here to support what God has already been established here in this house. So um, my gift is under the pastorate. The pastor says, stop, I stop. If he says, goes on, I just go on. So I completely submit under him. I don't have to, to prove or to, I'm not here to promote my ministry or my gifting. I'm here to support this church. And uh, we want to see you grow as, as church members and, and you stepping, stepping into your destiny and, and your purpose that God has. So I'm, as a gift, I'm just here to come and support that and whatever blessing or, or help I could be, that's what I want to be, nothing else. I want to help what God, I want to help you to get into your purpose if you're not already there. So that's it. I'm married for nine years and uh, got a son. He's two years old. And, um, and that's it. Um, God has opened <clears throat> no children, no more, no. Um, I'm not one of those prophets that prophesies children. You'll see it. <laughs> um, I try to avoid that subject. Even if God tells me to say something, I'd find a, a different way to say it. <clears throat> but I you know, don't know. Sometimes what you prophesy can come back to you as well. So... I'm very sensitive <laughs> to speak about those things. Um, when the time is ready, you know, I, I don't know. Um, for, I, say, I always say, people ask me, one of my friends here in the States asked me, you know, so when's the second child coming? And I tell him, for that to happen, I have to be home. So that's the first thing. Um, I'm grateful to go home tomorrow. I've been on a, on a long journey from the uh, beginning of this year up until now. It's just been amazing and crazy at the same time. And I've been home for very short periods of time, um, so I'm excited to go home and be there. I said to my wife, this is the last trip that I'm doing without her. So um, I'm coming back in August, and um, she will join me. I'm coming for a month, and she will join me for at least two weeks during that time while I'm here. And uh, she said to me, I had to promise her that that two weeks is not ministry, it's vacation. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'll do my best and see what we can do about that. Um, so I'm looking forward to be with my family, but I'm excited about God's family, what God is doing in the church all over the world right now. There's a move of God, and not in just one individual. All over the world, things are happening, and God is building His church. So I'm grateful for that, and I really thank Pastor Eric for his uh, time spent with him. He is really difficult to get hold of. Um, <clears throat> so I would encourage you to keep on encouraging him to... <laughs> I think he needs a PA, or I don't know if that will solve the problem. Maybe that'll help. Maybe two PAs, personal assistants. Maybe that will help. Okay, so this morning when I was talking about a little bit about disabilities in our lives, his wife was smiling at him. So I don't know what, what it was all about, but <clears throat> anyway. So yeah. Let's pray together before we start. Father, thank you for this moment. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to just come and bless each and every one of us, God. God, come and speak to us, Lord. We, each and every one of us, need a word from you. Lord, I pray that you would come and speak to us, and God, give us a clear, clear direction and encouragement and strength us, strength to, for, for this journey in our lives, Lord. Show us what to do next and what do you want, God. 
I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's many prophetic messages as we read the Bible or as you sit in church on Sundays. There's so many prophetic messages that God is speaking to you. And the problem is not in hearing God's voice, but in being obedient to it. Everyone in this church can hear God's voice, but everyone is not obedient. And if there is one thing that takes God's voice to the next level in your life, that is obedience. It just launches it. You have to understand, um, as a father, I'm trying to teach my son my voice at the moment. So he's two years old, and I have to go down to his level to teach him my voice. There's a lot of voices in his life at this moment. Um, There's a a grandfather voice. I call it the sugar voice and and mother and, and all these voices. And I'm trying to teach him that I'm the safe voice in his life. I want the best for him, and, but I have to teach him to respond to my voice. So we have little exercises and things that we do. One of the things that we do is we play hide and seek. Okay. Now, the purpose of it is for him to find me. That's why we play it. <laughs> and uh, I don't hide in a place where it's impossible for him to find me, and then after an hour, I get out of the cupboard, and I say to him, you stupid little child, why couldn't you find me? <clears throat> His attention span is about five minutes, so I, he's got to find me within five minutes. Otherwise, you know, he gets busy with something else and he forgets about it. So I have to come down to his level, and the purpose is for him to find me. So that's the exact same way God ministers to us when it comes to his voice. As a father, he wants to train us in his voice. So God will come down to your level, and he will, he will give you little things to do, and it, it might seem so small and little, but it's to train you and it's to equip you. Um, we all want to be entrusted with really big things. But we have to start somewhere. We have to be obedient with what God gives us. And sometimes it may seem really small to you. But at the end of the day, you don't know what the purpose is behind it. Now, it's really easy. The voice of God always builds, comforts, and encourages. The voice of the enemy still kills and destroys. So I tested in the beginning. If God tells me, Andre, jump, jump off the bridge. Then I go stand at the bridge and I test it. I think, if I jump off here, will it build? No. Will it comfort? No. No. So I know it's not the voice of God. And it's okay to test it in the beginning. But in your walk with God, he says, my sheep knows my voice. It's amazing how today people know the voice of the enemy better than the voice of God. They know exactly what they shouldn't do. (laughs) But, But they're not sure what they should do. So God trains us and he wants us to become comfortable and to recognize his voice in everything we do. So we can be led by the Spirit. So it comes down to our level, and, and it might start really small and really easy things that he asks us to do. And if we don't respond to those easy things, we won't get to bigger things um, ever in life. So we have to start and respond. God will, as, as a father, if I go down to my two-year-old's level, God will come down to your level, and he will give you small, easy things to do. The first time I prophesied, I'll never forget it, um, God just called me to the prophetic ministry. I didn't really have any clue exactly what it means and so on, but I knew what it was in spirit, and, and God showed me this lady in a service that he wanted me to prophesy to, and I was so hungry. Now, it's different. Um, some prophets never wanted to be prophets. Now, the first time when I saw someone prophesy, the first time when I, when I saw that, I said to myself, I have to do this or I'll die. I really want this. I really want to be, I really want to function at that level. The first time when I saw that. So I had a deep desire for the prophetic and to hear God's voice. It was something that I would give anything to have the first time I saw it. So when God called me and and the first time when I responded to a prophetic word, the lady, I saw the lady in in worship, Lord showed me this lady, and he said to me, hey, he had a word for her. And I was 18 years old, and I was so excited, so I ran to her. On my way over to her, I said, God, oh, by the way, what do you want me to say to her? <laughs> and um, the Lord said to me, Andre, I want you to tell her that I love her. And I stopped there immediately. I said, God, come on. <clears throat> Don't you have anything else, you know? A social security number, um, <laughs> just a little bit more information. You know, it's 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 too easy. It's really basic. It's and I'm standing there and I, and I want to have this desire for God to use me, but but it's it seemed too small to me. 
So it took me a while, and, and God said to me, Andre, you asked me to use you, and this is what I want you to do. Tell her that. It took me a while. Eventually, I went over to her. Um, her name is Runel in Afrikaans. And um, so I said to her, ma'am, I have a word for you. She was so excited. She said, please share it with me. But I first covered for me, for myself. So I said to her, if you, if, if, uh, I said to her, first of all, don't think there's anything wrong with me because of this word that I'm going to give to you now. It's really basic and it's really easy in that, and, and just don't think there's anything wrong with me, first of all. Second thing is, if it doesn't mean anything to you, just forget it <laughs> right away. <laughs> so, so don't ask any more questions, so we'll just leave it there. And so I, I try to cover for myself, you know, just make sure that I, I'm okay in this word. And uh, she said, please share it with me. So I said to her, this is really not big and, and you know, and... But eventually I said to her, you know, God says he loves you. And when I said it to her, um, the Spirit of God fell on her, and she just fell to the ground right there. The, the power of God hit her right there. She fell to the ground. I saw that it's working, so I stood over and I said, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. <laughs> just went for it. <laughs> then I wanted to get into the action. I wanted to be part of it because there's something happening. After that, she got up, and I said to her, what, what does... What does this mean? What, what happened with you and that? And she explained to me that she was in church, in the worship. Um, she just lost her, um, her, her job and her uh, husband and everything the week before that. And she was in church crying out to God. She couldn't go on anymore. And she was in the worship, and she, she was crying out to God, and she said, Lord, I'm not going to make it difficult for you. And she was standing in the worship, and she decided that when she goes home, she's not going to even stay for the service. She's going to go home after the worship, and she's going to commit suicide when she gets home. So in the worship, she cries out to God, and she, she says, Lord, Lord, I'm not going to make it difficult for you. The only thing that I ask is that you would send someone to tell me that you love me. That's all. So she, on, on the other side of the prophetic word, there was this lady that... that was waiting for a word from God, and, and it would save her life. On my side, it was something simple, something easy, something so small that I, I almost didn't do it. And I, I'm sharing it with you because as God is training you or equipping you, He might give small little things like that to you. And you may think that it's not important. You may think that it's not going to have any effect on someone, but you don't know the other side of the story. God it used that to, to change a person's life completely. It transformed their life completely. So that's the beginning, and, and from there on, um, it's, it's become easier for me to, I, I, uh, I don't get excited when, you know, if, I, if I say not excited, it, whether a prophetic word comes into fulfillment or not, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm the messenger. <laughs> that's it. So I take, I take no credit for anything of that. Um, it's amazing to hear testimonies, things come, come back. Um, something amazing that happened here in the States with me that's never, ever happened before. I, I explained to Pastor um, Eric that I was in, in New York, the church, the, the clip that you have up there. I was in that church, and I went there for the first time, and I had to prophesy to a, to a lot of people this day. And I prophesied and ministered to this church, and when I left, within six months, every word came to fulfillment. Every word. So they want me back twice a year now for the next 15 years of my life, you know. And I'm trying to explain to them that's not normal. It's not, it's not what normal, it's not normal. <laughs> it's not me. It's not, it's not something, you know. I can't, some of the things that they say, I prophesied, I really, I said, are you sure I said that? No, really? Would I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's amazing. But there's two things that plays a role. And the one thing is the people, the people's faith. The second thing is the pastor. If your leader is open to the prophetic, it really has an effect upon your life where you've got access to, to the spiritual realm concerning that so much more than when he's closed and not open to that. It's really, it really plays an effect upon your life. I was with a pastor now in, in Singapore, a, a well-known pastor. I don't want to say his name. Um, I get in trouble. Some, some people like me if I, if I say his name. Other people... I get in trouble with, so I'll just keep it anonymous. So, um, 
So I spent time with this pastor, and um, after church, we went to a restaurant, and in this restaurant, <coughs> the, a lady who's in his church owns this restaurant, and, um, but he hasn't seen her for years. So we're sitting in church, and, uh, in, in, church in the restaurant, and um, she comes, and, and he says to her, we, I haven't seen you in a, in a long time. So she says, no, no, we, we're not part of the church anymore. We're going to another church now. And he said, okay, that's interesting. He said to her, if I may ask, why? Why is that? So she says, you know, our pastor says that, you know, you are a little young to teach the word and you don't have a lot of knowledge and wisdom. So he's much older than you. So, so that's why we with him. So he said, okay, that's fine. Her, she has a daughter that became very ill. And uh, he said to her, um, I remember your daughter was ill. What, how is she doing? And uh, this lady said, you know, pastor, he's, he's, she's worse. She's getting worse and worse and worse, and, and we're really trusting God for a miracle. And she says to him, would you please pray, pray for my daughter? And um, he said to this lady, he said, you know, maybe you should go to your pastor who's more experienced. Uh, maybe he's, you know, he's better equipped and his prayers is better to, to, to handle this. <laughs> so she said something very interesting. She said, sir, my pastor does not believe in miracles. This is very important because in the Hebrew, um, the word yoke is, is the same as the word teaching. And they believe that when you preach or when you teach, that people are yoked with that word. So it means if you're sitting here on a Sunday and sermons and preachings go, goes out, you are yoked with that. And what is being preached will be possible in your life. It's really true. So she's sitting in a church that, you know, she needs healing, but because they don't believe in that, she doesn't have access to that. And it's so important for you to, to choose wisely and be yoked with the right people or the right teaching. I don't tell people, you know, where they should go, what they should be yoked with, but it's important to know under what teaching you should sit under. In South Africa, we have certain movements that is very old and it's been there for like forever. And um, so people like to stay there. They don't want to change and, and move on. And a lot of these movements don't, do not believe in the Holy Spirit or miracles or any of these things. And I was sharing it with a church in South Africa. And um, uh, one, of the, one of the members, old man, came to me. He said, yes, this really touched my heart. And um, so he said, you know, Andre, I'm not really listening. I, I'm going to this, this church that doesn't believe in it, but I'm not really listening what they're preaching. I'm just sitting there, he said to me. <laughs> so I said to him, it doesn't work that way. It's not about that. You are yoked with the message when, when you are in that family. And for you guys that is here, you are in a spiritual family here. And your spiritual family plays a, a much bigger role than your physical family. Because when it comes to, to breakthroughs in your life, you have access to certain things. Now, I know that in this house, you do believe in the supernatural. And because of that, you have access to those things. Now, supernatural means um, uh, above and beyond. So you have the natural, everything here that you have access to, but then above and beyond that. So you have access in life to so much more because you believe in the supernatural and it's allowed here. So I want to encourage you to really to understand that what word you are sitting under. And whenever there is challenges or storms in your life, to know what you have access to. If you don't um, cash in, or, or let me try to explain this way. In South Africa, close to where I stay, we have a, a homeless guy that's staying there. And um, he's been there for years and years, and everyone knows him. He's on a certain street corner. And everyone passes by every now and then. So everyone knows about this guy. A couple of years ago, someone stopped there. And this guy, business guy, went to him. And he wrote out a check for one million. One million. To this homeless guy. And he gave it to him. And this guy was so excited. And he called all the other homeless people. And he showed them that he's a millionaire. They celebrated it. And he's so excited about it. It's been three years later. He's still sleeping under the bridge every night. He still gets up every morning, but he, and, they, and he celebrates the fact that he's a millionaire and he's very excited about that. But until he goes to the bank and he cashes that check, nothing's going to change. Understand that? Christ paid a very expensive price. And being a Christian or, or saying that I am a Christian, 
is that check. It's true. I've got access to these things, and, and this is who I am. But until you withdraw from that, that deposit, nothing's going to change in your life. Nothing's going to happen. So in times of storms or challenges, we have access to draw from that. We can trust God and have faith in Him. And we can withdraw from that part, and suddenly things will start to change. There, <coughs> when we go through, through storms and challenges in our lives, a lot of times the first option or first idea that you have of a storm is the enemy. Now, whenever that voice comes at the end of the month and says, you know, it's the, almost the end of the month and you need to pay some bills, how are you going to do this? The first thing that we do is we rebuke the enemy. You think, you know, he's, he's behind us and he's fighting us or something. That's how we respond to that. But what if, it's, what if it's not the voice of the enemy? What if it's the voice of God? Let me try to explain to you. Disciples are with Jesus, and they're feeding 5,000. It's not the first time, it's the second time they're doing that. And it says in the Word that he said he asked them, not because he didn't know, he asked them because he wanted to see what their response will be. So he asked them, you know, do we have anything to eat? What are we going to do about this situation? And the first thing that they could say, again, respond from a place of, of fear and not of faith, and they said, no, it's impossible. After they've seen miracles, the first, the first thing that can, can come out of their mouths is, no, it's impossible. We can't do this. No, sorry. First thing. And he said he didn't ask it because he didn't know. Because he wanted to see where their faith is. He wanted to see and so many times in our lives, when we go through storms and challenges, it's maybe not the voice of the enemy, but the voice of a God that comes to you at the end of the month and says, listen, you have some serious problems. You need to pay a lot of bills. What are you going to do about this? Just because he wants to see where is your faith and who do you really trust. Immediately, we respond in the wrong way and we think it's, it must be the enemy. What if it's not? What if it is God? The righteous will live by faith. And this journey that we're on will require faith always. We will never get to a place where you, where you don't need faith anymore. I wish we could, but unfortunately, it will always be a life of faith. We have to trust God always. We have to live by faith and, and, and trust Him. And there's nothing wrong with that. God wants, wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to trust Him. And God will come through for us. He will. You know, I know sometimes it's like 99.9, but, but he does. He comes through. But he wants us to hold on to him and trust him for that breakthrough. I'm going to read the scripture to you in John chapter 6, verse 16. <coughs> it says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake of Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. So, so they're in this boat, and they, they're rowing. A lot of effort, three to four miles on this boat. And while they are rowing, he approaches on the water. And immediately they're afraid, and he says, no, no, don't be afraid, it is, it is it's me. I want you to read the rest of this verse. It says, Then they were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. This is supernatural. So they rowed about three or four miles. I went to this specific spot, to this place. This would be the middle of the dam, the middle of this, of this area. It's not the end. So with a lot of effort from their side, from themselves... They did, they did get to the middle. But when they allowed him into the boat, suddenly they reached the shore. <laughs> suddenly they got there. It's amazing that even as Christians, sometimes you are so busy with things in your own personal life, and Jesus walk, comes walking by and says, <laughs> is it difficult? <laughs> Where are you going? What is your plans? What do you want to do? And if we are willing to take him into the boat, suddenly it becomes easy. In the first place, I, a lot of times I wonder why he left. You know, we accept him when, when 
we, we give our lives or render it to Him. But even as Christians, sometimes we, we're busy with our own things, our own plans, our own ideas. And, and then He has to come and remind us that, listen, He still loves us and still cares for us, but He's not part of that. But He's willing to get into it. It's amazing how they, they had to be willing. He didn't just jump into the boat. You know, the Holy Spirit does not just take over your life. He doesn't, he doesn't just jump in and he doesn't. He's a gentleman. He'll wait until you allow him in, until you give him that opportunity in that place to step into your life. He'll ask you, could, could I please enter? For years and years and years and years. Until that day where you say, yes, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to take you into my life. You know, I can't, I can't force the Holy Spirit onto someone. It's not through my prayer. It's not through my ability. It's your decision. Whenever you allow him into your life, into your situation, suddenly things change. Suddenly things happen. Now, we can preach about prosperity, about healing, about all these symptoms, but the root is the Spirit. And if we just focus on him, if we just allow him into the situation, the natural way of things is for healing to start to come, for everything to just be aligned in your life, everything just to happen. But it's a personal thing. Where you have to give him that place and that opportunity. Not once a year, every day. Constantly we have to choose him. It's so easy to miss him. It's so easy to forget about him and to be and to be so busy with, with all our plans and ideas and and not see where he is or what he wants to do. I thank God for church and that you know we have this place for even though it's once a week or twice a week, where we are reminded of that. We get reminded of where where is the Holy Spirit in our lives? What are we busy with? We get to realign our journeys constantly. We're getting into a time on earth right now, even this year. I believe prophetically that 2016, this year, is a very important year for the church. Very important. It's also a very, very important year um, for you and your relationship with God. There's an influx of people. There's some things going to, a lot of nations will be shaken and that through, the, through many things. But there's an influx of people that is coming to the church all over the world. People are running to the church. And we have to be open to welcome them in. We have to have something. We have to have a space available to them to tell them, listen, you can't be here. It's amazing that people get beat up from Monday to Friday at their jobs. And then on Saturdays, their husbands or wife beat them up. And then on Sundays, we beat them up. <clears throat> The pulpit is not a place to whip, but to equip. It's a place where we should really focus and allow people to come in and be restored. Men to be restored, women to be restored, and go out and be effective again. And it's sad that somehow the enemy did come in into the kingdom, or into churches, and, and people are ruined. They, you know, they constantly, they're living in fear and all these things. And, and it doesn't have to be their way, that way. We are here to restore and to pick you up. But... Fifteen years ago, um, I received a prophetic word. And I was so moved by this word. I wrote it down in the front of my Bible, the entire word, time, date, everything. And I was so moved. It's so, such an amazing word, very long word in that. Now, when I received this word, I thought it might be, you know, about a month for it to come into place, nothing longer than that. And or maybe six months to come into fulfillment. But I really didn't thought it would be longer than that. Well, 12 years went by, and um, I uh, have this word in the front of my Bible, and, you know, I've, my Bible, the pages have come loose, and this word is loose, so it's still in there. But I went to a church um, two or three years ago and, um, uh, to visit a pastor friend of mine, and while I'm there, he tells me he has a guest speaker. And the guest speaker is the same guy who prophesied the word to me 12 years ago. I said to him, that's amazing. I took out my Bible. I said to him, look at this. This guy prophesied to me. I haven't seen him since. So the worship starts, and in the worship, he comes to me, and he prophesies the exact same word to me that he prophesied to me 12 years ago. Exact same thing, word for word. But the end was different. He ended this word and he said to me that God says it's about to happen now. And within one week, that complete word came into fulfillment. I looked back at that, that 12 years 
And I realized that for that 12 years, this prophetic word was my lifeboat. It was all I had. I remember times where I would look out the window, and what I saw outside was the opposite of what this word said my life was going to be like. And I constantly had to make a decision whether I would believe my natural circumstances or whether I would believe what God said he's going to do. At one stage, <laughs> this piece of paper, I weighed it, and it's 35 grams. And I've realized that 35 grams carried me for 12 years. <laughs> Not because of the paper, but because of the word that was upon that. So many times I just wanted to give up, and I just couldn't go on, but that was the only thing I had to hold on. Now, it is... It is okay if people turn against you, but when your own family turns against you and says, listen, I think you should forget about that word. I don't think uh, it starts to become difficult when you know, people around you, people in faith that you really trust, when even they deny that. So it's been an interesting journey to hold on to that thing, but it came into fulfillment 12 years later, as I said. I'm going to read the scripture to you, 1 Timothy 1 verse 18 says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. A prophetic word can be conditional. The two conditions for a prophetic word is one is faith and the second is obedience. If uh, you get a prophetic word and you, you, know, you really try to go in the opposite direction for that, you can miss it, Definitely. It's not sealed and, and that's it. You still have, you can still choose. You still have options. The second thing is obedience. The day when that door opens, you still have to go through it. You still have to step out in faith and, and go for it. So it has those two conditions. But he says, this is how we will fight the battle. He says that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. By recalling means to bring in the remembrance again, to look at it again, so to take that out. And I want to encourage you through this, I believe most of you that's in this room received a prophetic word somewhere in your life. Um, not just that, the scripture, the Bible is full of prophetic words. So it says by recalling them, so when we go through storms, we can take out that word and we can recall it. And we can say, God, this is what you said. You have to understand that it's not, it's one of the mistakes people make today is when they get a prophetic word, they try to carry the prophetic word. You should never do that. You should allow the word to carry you. So what it means is they get a prophetic word that they're going to get this new job and this new opportunity and this promotion um, on Sunday, and then Monday they quit their current job. Because <laughs> they, they want to move it, and they want to move now. You have to allow God's word to move. That word must go out and it, you know, as a father, God wants to prepare us. He doesn't want you to, to, you know, to wake up one morning and then all these things is upon you. So he will prepare you. Long before that, he will start to tell you and say to you, listen, this is what's, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be in this position and this is where he's preparing you. So that when the time comes, you're ready for it. <coughs> I want to share a scripture with you that I shared this morning. There's the beginning part of that in Mark 4. Chapter 4, verse 35, he said, That day when evening came, he says to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. That's a prophetic word. The promise, the prophetic word is, Let's go over to the other side. That's what he told them. We know shortly after this, they got into the boat and they got into a storm. And all of these things happened along the way. But the word was, We're going to the other side. That was the word. The prophetic word, the promise that he has given them is, is this is where we're going. There might be some storms and challenges and things along the way, but this is where I'm taking you. I'm not, the storm is not going to destroy you. You're not going to fall. You're not going to, I'm, this is where I'm taking you. And if we can just hold on to that promise, to that prophetic word and say, God, I'm holding on to this. If I, if I say prophetic word, I, you have to understand I'm talking about the Bible as well. I'm talking about the scriptures. You know, God speaks to us in so many different ways. You're sitting in church and the pastor speaks and, you know, the whole sermon is boring, but there's this one part 
that speaks directly to you. I'm not talking about this pastor. I'm talking about a different pastor. <clears throat> the scriptures, it speaks directly to your heart, your spirit that moment. That is God speaking to you. It's so important that moment, what he's saying to you. Um, I immediately write down that date and the time and that exact thing. Um, you're driving in the car. You're listening to a song on the radio, and it's not even a Christian radio station. And you hear something. It speaks to your spirit. It's God speaking. Write down time and a date. Today, I have about three books full of words and things that God has given me over the years. Now, what you hear today might not mean anything to you, but tomorrow it will change your life. Don't think because it doesn't make sense right now. It's not from God. Now we, we, we know in the spirit that, wow, God's speaking to me, but then we don't know how to process it. We don't, don't worry, just write it down, just keep it. Many times, several times today, I would pray and God, about a situation, and God would tell me, go to book number two, page six. I would go there, and two years ago, he gave me the answer for this exact moment where I'm right now. Now, two years ago, when I received that, I'm trying to think about that moment. I was driving in the car, and this and this happened, and it, I, I, I wasn't really sure if God spoke to me at that moment. But in faith, I took it. In faith, I said, thank you, Lord. You know, Samuel's relationship with God, he heard a voice. He went to the room next, and he's in now they had little houses, and they didn't have walls. They had like curtains that divided the whole place, so it was really easy to hear the person. So if it was really an audible voice at that moment, the person next door or in the room next to it would have heard it, but he didn't. So he went there and said, did you, did you call for me? And you know, the whole story and exactly what happened, but then he responded, and he said, when he heard the voice again, he said, yes, Lord, speak to me, I'm listening. He responded in faith. It's amazing, we don't understand this exactly how it works, but when we respond or when we move in faith, it is impossible to make, to, to go wrong. God makes it work for the good. So he looks at the intention of our hearts and our motives. So even if, if he didn't like really heard right, but he responded in faith, God makes it work for the good. Now, God speaks about, about Samuel, and he says, it says, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. What it means is everything Samuel said, God brought into existence. That's powerful. But it came because of their relationship, because God walked with him. Now, it says, <laughs> the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And the reason why the Lord was with Samuel was because Samuel was with the Lord. He chose God. He went from for God in his life. And because of, <coughs> sorry, because of their relationship, this is the power and the implication it had on his, on his life. It is so important, and I can't talk about it enough, how important is your relationship with God. So important. Your, quality, your, your, your devotional time or your... your time with God alone, how important it is to spend time with God in your life. My relationship, um, I had this beautiful prayer room, and then we got a child, and we didn't have another room, so, so he moved in there. So it was my, it was my place of, uh, it was my office, it was the place where I prayed, it was my secret holy place. There's a beautiful carpet in, white carpet, and it was amazing. I would burn incense in there, and it would be, like, really spiritual in there. <laughs> but when I lost my temple, um, suddenly I didn't have that place to pray anymore. And it was amazing to, to me because I, I, it, everything in my life was about this place. It was so easy for me to spend time with God in there. So easy. I didn't allow anyone to go in there. Not even my wife went in there. It was my special place with God. I built her the exact same thing. She has hers as well. I don't know why the baby didn't go into her. <laughs> anyway, so when I lost this, when I gave this place up willingly to my son, 
I, um, I found it difficult, you know, because I had this place that I went to always. And I had to find a different place or a different spot than that. So I decided that I'm really going to move my relationship with God publicly. So I'm traveling a lot. So I have to learn that whether, whether I'm in an airport or doesn't matter where, I have to learn to spend time with God right there and not just be you know, so focused or limited to this place, even though it was easier there. So I have to, I had to learn. So because of that, I started to spend more and more time with God in public. So in anywhere, in restaurants, wherever I am. One day, I'm in this restaurant in, in Pretoria, and um, I go into this restaurant about uh, in lunchtime, and I, I look for a quiet corner at the back. I sit there, and I am spending time with God while I'm sitting there in this restaurant. While I'm sitting and spending time with God, a man walks into this restaurant. He comes in, and, he, and immediately when he came in, I saw him. He was dressed in an in a interesting way, and um, he came to my table, straight to my table. He walked past me, came back a second time. He stared at me a little bit, and he said, hello. So I said, hello, and he walked past again. He came back for a third time, and he stood right in front of my table, and he said, it was very loud. So he said to me, what is with you here? So he said to me, there's something with you here at this table, and I want this in my life. What do you call this? What is this? He turned around and held, yelled at the people in the restaurant. He said to them, what is wrong with you that you, can, that you can't see what is with this man? The, the manager ran to the table and he said, is everything okay? I said to him, do you know this guy? He said, no, he doesn't. So I said, no, I, I think it's okay. And, and he left. So he's standing at the table and he's very persistent, very loud. And he says, what, there's something with you. I've never seen it, but I want this in my life. What do you call this? <laughs> so I'm just having lunch. I'm just sitting there, and I'm looking at him. And before I can answer him, the Spirit of God falls him right there at that spot. Before I could say anything. I'm just having lunch. So I pull the chair, a chair from the table next to me. I pull it up, and he sits in this chair, and he says to me, what just happened to me? So <laughs> I said to him, who are you? Where do you come from? Um, um, I'm trying to explain to him the presence of God. But I realize He's got an interesting accent, and I realized that he has no idea of religion or anything. So I said to him, Are you, have you ever been part of any religion? He said, no. He said his mother was Catholic, so maybe he's Catholic then, but he's, he never went to the Catholic Church. So that's the only connection he has, but nothing else. So I said to him, this is the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit that's with me. So he says, I want it in my life. I said, do you want to pray with me and, I, and, and invite God into your life? So... Uh, my pastor taught me a beautiful sinner's prayer. It's really beautiful. I'll read it to you one day. So I've got this beautiful prayer, and I said to him, would you pray with me? He says, yes. I said, okay, close your eyes. So he said to me, I would prefer to keep it open. <clears throat> so I said, okay, that's fine. Let's pray. So I started to pray. I said, I said, pray with me. So I said, Lord Jesus. And he says, Lord Jesus. And I said, I pray that you save me today. And he replies, and he says, he just did. He just saved me. And he wouldn't pray the rest of my, my beautiful sinner's prayer. <laughs> so, right at that moment, never been in a church, never been part of any religion. Right at that moment, this man has a vision of a man that walks into this restaurant, comes to, his ta to this table, stands next to him, puts his hand on his shoulder, and this man says to him, I am here today, to save you, to remove your sin and to save you today. This is his experience. Never, never, never been in church, okay? <coughs> it's very interesting to me how this whole thing worked. So I said to him, who are you? Where do you come from? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm still amazed at this. So I said to him, what do you do for a living? What he takes out his phone and he starts showing me pictures of dead people. He kills people for a living. That's what he does, professionally like in a professional way. <laughs> so he shows me all these <laughs> pictures. So I said to him, um, so he is in South Africa for two days. He just arrived at an airport close by where I'm sitting, and he's been there for two days. From the plane, he went to a, to a pub, and he's been drinking for two days. And the next day he's leaving to a country to kill someone. So, so uh, he said, this is what I do for a living. So I said to him, how did you get here? 
And he said to me, he was across the road in his pub. He was sitting and drinking. And he says he really likes violence. He likes to fight and hurt people. <laughs> so, and he's good at it. So he said, he, he, st- he starts a fight in this pub. And then he hears a voice. And the voice says to him, stand up and leave this place. And he walks out. And the voice says to him, go into that restaurant. And he goes into the restaurant. And the voice says to him, go sit with that man. He says, this is how I got here. He said to me, is it you that called me? Like in his mind or something. I said to him, no, I didn't, I didn't call you. I'm just having lunch. I've got nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with this. So he, he tells me about uh, his, his father and everything that happens in life, and I'm sitting with him, and I see, um, he says to me, he says, Andre, do you think, I've, I've accepted God now in my life, but do you think God can ever forgive me for the things that I've done, these things? Right at that moment, I see a picture of a boy that's four years old. So I said to him, do you have a son? He says, yes, he has a son. He's four years old. I said to him, how do you feel about the son? He said, it's everything is life. Now, he went to a country. He made this girl pregnant. He's been at the birth of this, of this child, but never seen the child since. So I said to him, how do you feel about it? He says, it's, it's everything, that child. Never seen him, just at the birth. He's four years old. So I said to him, if this child grows up and starts to use drugs, then how, do you, how would you feel then? He said, it's my son. Wouldn't bother me. So I said, if he gets older then and maybe starts to kill people for a living, what then? He says, no. He, he said to me, like father, like son. Maybe it's in our bloodline to do that. <laughs> so we, we are created for that or something. So I said to him, you know, God feels the exact same way about you. You may have done all these things, but you've accepted God or Christ in your life, and He accepts you as a son now, and He forgives you for those things. The love of God comes on this man, and he sits at this table and just starts to weep, and God restores his heart. Um, He gets up and apologizes to everyone in the restaurant because he shouted at them and um, offers to pay the bill for the entire check. He gets the check for the entire restaurant, pays for everyone's food. Um, Now, while he's sitting there and we're discussing, just talking about different things, suddenly he starts to prophesy to me, this guy, very accurate. And he prophesies and he says to me, what's this that's coming out of my mouth? <laughs> he says, why am I saying these things? You know, but it's very accurate, so I encourage him to just continue and, and go on, and it's amazing. Now, from the moment that he, that he entered this restaurant until the moment he left, he haven't stopped drinking. He's still ordering a beer after beer after beer after beer. I said, could I please have one as well? And he said, he says, you're holy, you're not allowed to drink at all. So, but he's still drinking while we're sitting there. And I'm sitting with, with this guy, and I'm, I'm amazed at, at everything that happens there. Now, this entire thing that happened, it was 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, God took this guy man from the street, saved him, filled him with the Holy Spirit. He's functioning in a gift. He forgave his you know, people and just completely. He said to me before he left, he said to me, how do you think I, you know, he says, it's impossible. I feel all this love, you know, to go out now and to, you know, go and kill someone. It's, it would be very difficult for me. <laughs> so I, I, said, I said to him, let's pray that God would give you, you know, another job or something else to do. <laughs> At 12 o'clock that night, I'm in sleeping, and he phones me, 12 that night. And he says, you know, this feeling is still with me. When is it going to leave? When is this love going? Why do I still experience this? <laughs> and we prayed with him, you know, for, him for, the, with a, for another job and, and so on. I'm sharing this with you because something happened here with this man. He was sitting in a pub, and he heard a voice. A voice came to him. But I want you to listen or see it the way this voice comes. This voice doesn't come to him and say to him, go and read Psalms 117 verse 5. He doesn't know what it means. The voice doesn't say to him, you filthy, wicked sinner. It doesn't. The voice that comes to him says, get up and leave. It's so easy. It's the same voice many Christians hear today, and they don't listen to it. You know, the two people that Jesus refers to in the Bible that has great faith, do you know that both of them were not Christians? 
We as Christians are supposed to respond to God in a faster and better. The key is he was in this place and he heard a voice and he responded. Because he responded, in 10 minutes, God transformed his life. He responded to it. He was obedient to it. God's speaking to each and every one of us in this place, saying different things to us. But if we can just learn to respond to that voice, it will change you completely. Just to respond to what God tells you to do. You know, obedience is better than costly sacrifice. We try to, to do and to bring certain offerings or do certain things, really massive things. Just be obedient. Just do what God tells you to do. That's it. If you respond, you may experience an encounter with God that will change your life forever. If he, if he didn't respond to that voice, he would have missed out on something great. He would have got on that plane and continued with his life and, and really missed out on, on an amazing encounter with God. But he, he listened. Even as a sinner, he responded. He didn't ask questions and try to figure, why is this voice here and, and why am I hearing these things? If he, if he sat there and said, you know, no, this is just my own thoughts and I'm drunk and, and, and didn't respond, he would have missed out on something amazing in his life. I'm sharing it with you because you have to respond. God has been speaking to many of you that's in this church about certain things. <laughs> you may be waiting for a prophetic word tonight, but God is waiting for you to respond. He's waiting for you to do what he told you to do. Just respond in that. I was with a billionaire in his, in his office a couple of years ago. It's someone that I knew very well. He was extremely poor um, up until the age of 65. And overnight, this man became a billionaire. And um, I was in school with his daughter, and they were really, really, really poor. And uh, even the poor people called him poor. They were really poor. So... I was amazed at, at what happened with him, and I went to his office to see him. I said, you know, it's, it's amazing because I know you. I know where you come from and everything. Please tell me and share your testimony with me. And I'm sitting in his office, and, and he shares his testimony. And while I'm in his office, the Spirit of the Lord tells me and says to me, Andre, I want you to give him a dollar, ten a dollar. That's it. That's what God tells me to do. I said, God, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> you know, <laughs> He is just, and this is what the Spirit of God tells me to do. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, this doesn't make sense. Before I left his office, I turned and towards him, said to him, Sir, I don't know what this is about, but I would love, love to give you a gift. And I, <laughs> I gave him this one dollar. When I gave it to him, he burst into tears. He said to me, No one has ever given him anything in his life. And he had a a, a thing in his heart that he carried against people. That even in his time of need, in his time of trouble, no one took care of him. And one dollar healed his heart completely. Today, he goes from town to town to town in South Africa. Whenever he drives through a town, he goes to an orphanage and he goes to a church and he settles their entire debt every time when he enters a town. Today, he's, he is blessed hundreds and hundreds of churches in South Africa. Hundreds. But, he, but before that happened, something had to change in his heart. He was carrying something in his heart, and God took that to restore him, to do something in his heart. A friend of mine drives from Pretoria to Cape Town. It's um, about a 12-hour drive through uh, the Karua. The Karua is um, very similar to a desert. It's an area that we have in South Africa. And he drives through this park early in the morning, tries to be there before night or at night. And um, halfway through, God speaks to him and says to him, pull off the road. And uh, he really wants to try to make up time and, and get there. <laughs> and he continues to drive. And God speaks to him again and says to him, turn off, stop. And he thinks maybe God's trying to warn him about the vehicle, that something's wrong, but, and he continues to drive. And a third time again, Later, God tells him, stop, pull off the road. And he, and he stops. Pulls off, and he walks around the car to see if everything is fine. Everything seems to be fine. And a man comes walking through the field on the side with a firearm in his hand. And the guy walks straight to him, and he says to him, do you know God? 
And he's terrified. He, he thought this guy is, you know, is going to take his life or something's going to happen with him. So he says, yes, yes, I know God. And the guy said, please lead me to the Lord. And right there next to the road, they go on their knees and leads this guy to God. After that, he explained to him that he lost everything in his life, a business guy from Cape Town, and he was driving with his car and, and left it in a field, and he was walking, walking, walking for hours um, to, to take his own life, to commit suicide. And God brought them, both of them, out at the exact place, the exact, exact time. It's amazing to me that when God speaks to this friend of mine, God has to start 15 miles ahead. And he has to try to tell him, listen, stop. Okay, okay, stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> and it gets him to stop at the exact place. Even in our weaknesses, God can still work. God can still, he can still get things done, things that he wants to do. When I heard this, I said to God immediately, I said, Lord, if you, if you want to do something in my town, in the city where I'm staying, I want you to come straight to my door. I don't want you to enter the city where I'm staying and, and, you know, and, and say, you know, oh, Andre, if I want to use him, I, have to, I had to start a week ago because it takes some time to get him to, to do the things that I want to do. I want God to know that I will respond. And that must be the same thing in your heart that when God wants to do something here in this city, to say, God, come straight to my house. I'll do it. Whatever you want, I'll respond. I'll be there. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do right there at that moment. When you're open for God and allow God to work in your life, then God can start to do extraordinary things to, through your life. Can really, really work miracles and things when you are open, available to Him. There's a lot of people in ministry today, not because they are, you know, the number one or two, but they might be number 55, but they've responded. There's a lot of perfect people that's sitting home today. They're still waiting to, to equip themselves more or to be trained better or do they've got so many excuses. We have to learn to respond, allow God. There is a disease that we have in South Africa. It's not here in America. I hope, I hope. Um, it's really bad. It's worse than cancer, it's worse than AIDS, it's, it's worse than anything, anything that I've seen, and um, it has a beautiful, it has a biological name, but I'm just going to give you the English for this disease, okay, I have to just translate it, I know the Afrikaans for it, but I don't know the English, oh, oh, the word for this disease is called confirmation, okay, you know what it means? God speaks to you, and he tells you, do this, and then you ask for confirmation. <laughs> confirmation is an easy way to get out of God's plan. <laughs> to say, Lord, um, maybe choose someone else. And it's amazing, by his grace, he gives people confirmation. They want the white dove to fly past him, and it happens. <laughs> but then they want confirmation for the confirmation. Really. Confirmation is really a beautiful way to delay God's plan. It's okay if you just became, became a Christian and it's your first year in God's kingdom. It's okay. But if you've been a Christian for years and years and years, why do we still ask for confirmation? You know, if, I, <laughs> if, my, if, if, if your husband or wife tells you that they love you and you, you say to them, confirm it, My wife will slap me. I don't know what will, will happen <laughs> with you, but, you know, because we're in relationship, we've grown through that. You want, you want the will of God for your life. You want to do the right thing. God knows it, and, and you know it. So we have to learn to respond, to say, yes, God, I'll do it. I'll go for it. Whatever your plan is, I'll do it. So it is, it, you, can, you have to understand tonight, I'm trying to, to say it in this way, but it, Confirmation can, can, can be, can the, the enemy can use confirmation to keep you or to delay God's plan in your life. I'm not saying it, we shouldn't have that or anything. I'm saying people use it as an excuse. You know, God tells them, I, I send you, and then you pick someone else. You send someone 
else you know, on your behalf. <laughs> God picks you. You were the one who responded. You were the one who said, yes, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go. So go for it. Don't wait you know, for everything to become perfect. God can work through your life, can do something great. I want you to understand that each and every one of us in this room tonight is called into full-time ministry. All of us. Our offices just looks different. Some of our offices is in business. Some is in polit- politics. Some is a teacher or a housewife or a it's just different offices, but we all, all called into full-time ministry where God wants us, when people look at our lives, you know, to, when people look at you, so they can see Him in your life. I want to end with a scripture with that guy in Acts 2, verse 17. It says, in last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. All people. Not certain culture, certain nation, certain group, on all people. Then he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. So this is a very good example to find out whether you're young or old. Okay. <laughs> if you have both, you have a midlife crisis. Okay. That's how you define it. <laughs> God has a desire to build his kingdom. That's it. And he's just waiting for his people, us, to respond to his kingdom. There's so much work out there. There's so, so, so much things that needs to be done. And if everyone can just participate, if everyone can be part of it and realize that as the body, we fill a role in that. You're important. You're so important. Everyone cannot be pastors. This is very important. We need pastors. But, but it's God wants to use you out there. My wife is in, in, a, in the secular world or in, in the business sector. That's where my wife functions. And God needs her there. He wants her to be there. Um, he wants her to be effective. He wants her to stand her ground there and, and, and testimony after testimony of how God has used her in that world, even that place. She has even more testimonies than me, and I'm in ministry. It's unfair, but anyway. <laughs> if you just open for God to work in your life, he'll work. He'll do things. Okay. I want to pray with you just a short prayer before we minister. And... Um, I'm not going to ask you specific for a specific situation. And so if you stand up tonight, um, uh, don't judge anyone or think, yeah, this is what it's about or that. The situation with the disciples is they were walking. Where's the lady that, that plays? The music worship engineer lady. <laughs> Please play for us. As the disciples were um, in that boat and they were rowing, and it really took a lot of effort. They worked hard and they... They rode about three or four miles. But then Jesus came along. And they were willing to take him into the boat. And I want to pray with you tonight if there is some situations or areas in your life where God is or Jesus is not part of. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. There's some areas where you've been working on your own. You've been trying so hard. And you've come far. Certain things you've You've done and, and, and awesome and be excited about that. But then Jesus comes along and he says, can I get into that? Would you allow me into that relationship? Will you allow me into this position? Will you, can I get into that? Can I help you? And then when he gets in, <laughs> something supernatural happens. <laughs> not in a week, not in a month. Immediately, they reached the shore. Something happened because he was part of it. Now I want to pray with you tonight if there's some area, no one will know exactly what it is, but if there's a specific area or some area in your life where, you know, Jesus is kind of helping you here and he's part of the situation, but some area where he's not a part of and you've realized that it's really taken a lot of you, it's been making you tired, it's been uh, putting a lot of pressure on you, <laughs> he's here to take that pressure. He's here to help you. He doesn't, the way he approached the disciples, he didn't tell them, listen, you know, you, you dumb disciples, you know, why are you working? So? He's gracious. He just, comes, he just comes along so easily and says, would you mind if I get in? That's it. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't ask him to take over. They didn't ask him to take, take them to the other side. It, it, just, it was just the effects of, being in relationship with him. 
That's it. Because they allowed him into their lives. Suddenly, <laughs> it, it connected with natural areas in their lives as well. So in the natural, something happened as well. I'm trusting God for a miracle for you tonight. Not in a week, not in a month, for tonight. I'm trusting God for a shift for you tonight. That when he gets back into that boat, that something will move. Something will change immediately. Immediately. I just ministered to a, a mayor, one of the mayors here in, 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 in America. And I ministered, I didn't know he was the mayor, but I ministered to him and, I, and um, something happened with him. Um, he's against a certain law that they wanted to pass in their, in their state. And um, he got in an argument with someone in a, and, and, and he pushed the guy or the guy pushed him. Something happened, but the guy fell and got hurt and then sued him, the mayor. And it's been a case that's been going on for a while, uh, this fight. And, and um, so he's in church. I didn't know it was the mayor. So I said to him that God's going to take care. I said to him, I see a court case that goes on and God's going to take care of the court case. God's going to do something about that situation couple of other things when he left the meeting he got a phone call and the guy the young guy who sued him phoned him and said I am withdrawing the case against you same day same moment that's God <laughs> it's God it's working something it's doing something and he can do the same thing in your life there might be some situations that you think is, it's impossible it's, it's, <laughs> you know, God specializes in impossible things. It's what he does for a living. <laughs> Every day. Now, we can do the natural things, but he can do the supernatural things. And to, you know, what you call supernatural is normal to him. It's like everyday life. It's not, it's not supernatural to him. It's a normal way. It's, a, it's a, the basics of life. <laughs> But we have to allow him and give him that opportunity. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes or anything. I want to pray with you and you can stand with me if there's an area in your life where you want Jesus back into your boat, back into the air again. You can stand. I would love to pray with you, please. It's between you and God. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. God knows your situation. God knows what's happening. It's between you and him. I, um, I honor you for standing up and, and for making such a decision to stand for God, stand for Jesus. It takes a lot to do that, to admit that we need Him. Father God, I pray with every person that is standing right now, thank you, God, that you are God and we are man. Father, I pray whatever the situations might be at this moment, Lord, I pray for <laughs> that you would intervene in those situations. Father, I pray that you would... <laughs> Jesus, that you would get back into their boats. And people are standing tonight because we are welcoming you or inviting you back into our boats. We're saying, Lord, yes, you are welcome. We, are, we will willingly take you into the situation. Willingly. Father God, I pray for miracles. I pray for testimonies to come back of how good you are. We give you all the glory and all the honor for what you are about to do in people's lives. Thank you, Father, for supernatural things things that looks impossible that you would turn it around you would do a miracle you would you would work a miracle in their lives i pray that in the mighty name of jesus christ amen, amen. thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message for more information about one cause church please visit us online at onecausechurch.com